Well, good morning, everyone. Um, we're celebrating today because Jesus is risen. And this morning I was having a lovely chat with Flory, who's one of our children here at St. Thomas's. And I asked her, Flory, why are we celebrating today? And she said, we're celebrating because we are a party church. And I said, amen. <laughs> now, I've known Ben for 10 years now. And one of Ben's favourite lines that I've heard him say over and over and over again is that Jesus' people are party people. And the reason, <laughs> the reason for that is because we live in the truth and the hope and the knowledge that Jesus is alive. So praise God for that. Now, we're going to start today, before we read our Bible passage, which is about the resurrection of Jesus, we're actually going to have a bit of story time. If anyone knows me, I'm an English teacher. One of my favourite things to read a story. This story is called The Garden, The Curtain and The Cross. And can I just have a show of hands, adults and children alike, if you've read this story before? Okay, so it's new for a lot of people. Now, children... Hi, Eliza. Do you like this one? Children, you are very welcome to come and sit at the front with me to have a look at the pictures as we read together. So come and take a seat on the tiles here. I'm going to sit down as well. So adults, you won't be able to see me, but you will be able to hear me. And a quick encouragement, while this story is written for children, C.S. Lewis says that no children's book is worth its salt unless it's also enjoyable for adults. And this story is simple but profound in what it teaches us about Jesus. So be paying attention. Right, hi everyone. <clears throat> okay, this is the garden, the curtain and the cross. So a very long time ago, right here in this world, there was a garden. In the garden, everything was wonderful. The world was full of laughing and playing and smiling and fun. There was nothing bad ever. There was no one sad ever. And best of all, God was there. He had made it all. He was in charge of it all and he loved it all. People could see God and speak to God and just enjoy being with God. It was wonderful to live with God. But then, one day, anyone want to take a guess what's going to happen? Go on, Alice. Um, they may have sinned. Absolutely. Spoiler alert. The people did a terrible thing, and we call that terrible thing sin. They decided that they didn't want to do what God said. They decided they wanted a world without God in charge. God calls this sin. Very well done, Alice. And sin spoils things. So sin has no place in God's wonderful garden. God said to the people, you can't live with me in my garden anymore. And he sent them outside. 
to show the people that they had to stay outside, God put some warrior angels in front of the garden. Can you see the warrior angels with their swords? Can you see? The angels were like a big keep out sign. Now, things were sometimes bad and people were sometimes sad. But people still kept sinning because they didn't want God to be in charge. So no one could come into God's wonderful place. God said, because of your sin, you can't come in. God wanted people to remember it's wonderful to live with him, but because of your sin, you can't come in. So he told his people, this is back in the Old Testament, to build a special building called his temple where God would live. In the middle of the temple was the most wonderful place in the world. The place where God was with nothing bad and nothing sad. It was very exciting. But then God told people to put a big curtain around this wonderful place. The curtain had pictures of warrior angels on it, just like we saw in the garden. Can you see the angels on the curtain, Boaz? Can you see them? So this was another big keep out sign. For hundreds of years, the temple curtain reminded people that God said, it's wonderful to live with him, but because of your sin, you can't come in. Babies became grown-ups, can you believe it? And they had babies, and those babies became grown-ups and had babies, and those babies became grown-ups and had babies. Hundreds of summers and winters passed by, and the keep-out curtain stayed in the temple do you think some important characters arriving any guesses Jesus Jesus is on his way then one day so we're arriving at the Christmas story here one day God's son came to live in this world as a person and he was called Jesus Jesus always did what God said. Jesus never sinned. Jesus visited the temple where the keep out curtain hung. Jesus knew that some things were bad and some things were sad. Jesus said that God had sent him to open the way back to God's wonderful place, that garden from the beginning of the story, where there would be nothing bad and no one sad but... Oh dear, the pictures have gone grey and dark and sad. People still didn't want God to be in charge. So they decided to put Jesus on a cross to die. That's what we've been learning about on Good Friday this Easter. It was the most bad thing that had ever happened. It was the most sad day of all time. But Jesus had a plan. He had always planned to die on the cross. What a strange plan. Why would God's son plan to die? Well, what have we got here? Amara, can you tell me? What's it a picture of? Uh, A picture of loads of sins people make. Loads of sins people make. And what's this shape? What's it? Uh, It's a cross. 
It's a cross. So on this cross, Jesus took our sin. All the bad things we do, all the sad things they cause, Jesus took them all from us. And when he did, something amazing, astounding, astonishing happened. The curtain tore. So God had ripped up that keep out sign with the warrior angels. God's wonderful place is open again. Because Jesus died, we can go in. After Jesus died, his friends put him in a tomb. They were very sad. For two days, nothing happened. Then, the next morning, Jesus' friends went to see his body in the tomb and it wasn't there. A little later on, Jesus' friends were all together and suddenly, Jesus was there, alive. Suddenly, his friends weren't sad. Now, they were so, so happy. God had brought Jesus back to life so that he could live in God's wonderful place forever. And Jesus has sent everyone an invitation to come and live with him there too. That's what we're going to be looking at uh, today. He tells us, God says it's wonderful to live with him, but because of your sin, you can't come in. But... I died on the cross to take your sin so all my friends can now come in. We can live with God forever. There will be nothing bad and no one sad. We will see God and speak to God and just enjoy being with God as he plans. It will be wonderful to live with him and it's all because of Jesus. Okay. Right, we are going to read our Bible story now. But in order to do that, I'm going to need some volunteers because we're going to do a little bit of acting. So there are a few different characters. I'll go through the characters first. We've got Mary and the other Mary. We've got two fearsome guards and the guards made you a couple of little daggers to make sure that you look really fierce. We've got the angel of the Lord and Jesus. So um, I am gonna need first and foremost my tomb, which I think is over here in this area. So I'm gonna need the colorful, oh no, that's right here. Okay, you're going to have to just bear with me and use your imagination. I know that the tomb of Jesus will have been much bigger than this, much more sombre and sad than this, and also wouldn't have had a back entrance for people to just, you know, sneak out of, but bear with me. So this here is my tomb, and I'm going to need my stone that they rolled in front. Joshua, can you bring it over? Thank you so much. Right. Okay, this is going to hang out here. Now I'm going to need two guards who are going to guard the stone in front of the tomb. I'll have Joshua. Here you go, Joshua. You hold this. And can you come and stand on the side of the stone? And Boaz. Here you go. And here's your sword. And you stand on the other side. Make sure you look fierce. 
so no one's going to mess with you. Okay. Now I'm also going to need two Marys. Mary and the other Mary. Fantastic girls. You can come and be Mary. Now, brought a little headscarf for you. There's one Mary. Do you want to hold that sign? And girls, can you go stand at the baptistry for me? Just over there. Just straight down the aisle and over there we go. I'm going to need an angel. And the angel, I'm just saying, gets to sit on the bouncy ball. So if anyone wants to be an angel. Also, I will accept adult volunteers. David, come and be my angel. At the moment, though, you're just standing to the side. You haven't featured in the story yet, so stand over there. And I'm going to need Jesus. Amara, you can be my Jesus. You're also at the side at the moment. You come uh, back later. Right, we're all in place. If you have a Bible with you today, can you please turn to Matthew 28? Sorry, I'm just attempting to log in. Here we go. Right, Matthew 28, we're going to read the first 10 verses, okay? So, we've got our tomb. Inside, we think, is the buried body of Jesus, okay? And we've got our guards, and they're specifically in place to make sure that no one comes to steal the body away. And they've got their swords, and they're looking fierce, So, from verse 1, after the Sabbath, at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to look at the tomb. Do you want to come forward? They are grieving because they have lost their friend and their leader, Jesus. And when they arrive, there was a violent Earthquake. We're going to need everybody to stamp their feet. And an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, went to the tomb, and rolled back the stone and sat on it. Now, we said that our guards were fearsome and scary. They absolutely are. But this angel was even more so. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards, Joshua and Boaz, were so afraid of him that they shook with fear and they became like dead men. Trying to lie down on the floor like you're dead. Because they're so afraid. Now the angel said to the women, do not be afraid for I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, he has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. 
Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he is risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women, Mary and Mary, they hurried away from the tomb, or they walked rather slowly back towards the baptism. Amari, you're going to need to intercept. So they're going to tell the disciples and suddenly Jesus met them. (laughs) Greetings, he said. They came to him, they clasped his feet and they worshipped him. So Mary and Mary, can you get on your knees? You kneel down. They worshipped Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see me. This is the word of the Lord. Can we give a huge round of applause to our volunteer actors today? (laughs) Thank you so much. Right, so there's three things that I want us all to take from the story today. The first is that Jesus is risen. That's the good news we're sharing today. The second is the angel's invitation to come and see. And the third is the fact that when the women accept the invitation to come and see, Jesus meets them. So kids, I've got a couple more activities for you guys to be getting on with, which are over here. There are some building blocks And I'd quite like you guys to build me an empty tomb that's perhaps a little bit more impressive than my one that we had for the the drama. And the second thing is, let me just run and get one. We've got some invitations for you guys to colour in. You can draw your own Easter picture on the front. It says two, you can fill in a friend's name or a family member's name. It says, come and see, Jesus is risen. And then you can sign it with your own name as well because there is an invitation for everyone today to meet with Jesus. So I'll leave these over here. There's building blocks, there's colouring pencils, there's felt tips and all sorts of things for you. So, the three things that I want us to focus on today. Jesus is risen, come and see and Jesus will meet you. So this story begins with Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, that's Mary, the mother of James and Joseph. They have been at the crucifixion of Jesus. They have witnessed Jesus dying. And then it was the, Jesus was buried, it was the Sabbath. And as soon as they can, they come out from the Sabbath at first light and they go to visit Jesus because they are grieving the fact that they have lost a friend, they've lost a brother, and they've lost their leader. Now, I want to focus in on Mary Magdalene for a little bit. She met Jesus when she was overcome by seven demons and Jesus rescued her so she was feeling afraid confused 
angry and Jesus met her in that place. He brought her freedom. He redeemed her. And then she followed him for three years during his ministry. Now Mary knew that Jesus would bring her individual freedom because she'd experienced it. She'd lived it out. That was her reality for the three years of walking alongside Jesus. But also, along with the rest of the people of God, Mary had her hopes in Jesus for their nation's freedom. Now, it had been prophesied from the Old Testament, all the way through the Old Testament, all the way to Jesus, that there would be this Messiah, this new King David, who would rescue the people of God. And she knew, and the people of God knew, that they needed freedom, specifically because at this time they are living under the occupation of the Roman Empire, an empire where there was stoning and there was crucifixion and they knew how to kill very, very well and there was persecution and there was suffering. So their immediate lived experience was, we know that as a, as a people group, we need freedom. And their hope for that freedom is in Jesus Christ. But then Jesus dies. And it seems for those three days, like their hope, their freedom dies with him. And it's not the end of the story because we know that Jesus rises again. But it's not until the resurrection that Mary and the people of God really understand the type of freedom that Jesus is bringing. Because often what they thought was that in order to be free from the Roman Empire and every pagan occupation that they'd lived in all the way through the Old Testament as well, in order to be free, what they needed was an army more fierce and more violent than the Romans so that they could be defeated and create the empire of all empires. But if that happens, then that space for power and the ruler would be replaced by another human being who ultimately is flawed, will make mistakes, will let people down. We saw that through every single king in the Old Testament with the people of God, but we also see it through every single ruler throughout the whole history of the world today. Think just as one tiny example how our leaders in Britain let us down during the pandemic. It's because we are broken people. So the way that Jesus is bringing freedom is not through this army to defeat global superpowers with violence and fighting. Jesus is bringing a different type of freedom, which I'm going to explain in just a minute. But first, I said that Mary Magdalene, she knew she needed freedom individually. She knew she needed freedom for her nation. Today, in England, we often think that we've achieved freedom because we live in a democracy. We are free to make choices about what religion to follow. We're free to make choices about what career to choose. We're free to make choices about our lifestyle. 
our sexuality, we're free. But the reality is, we are not truly free. We are slaves and in chains to our culture. For example, we're slaves to the need to watch Netflix and binge it and watch episode after episode after episode. We are slaves to anger, politically divisive anger. We are enslaved to the need to check social media first thing we do when we wake up in the morning. The need for validation on social media. We are slaves to pornography and the need to watch pornography. We are slaves to consumerism, the need to buy the next best thing. We're slaves to the housing market, the fact that everything in society is focused towards trying to buy a house so that you can live comfortably in your old age once you've got your pension. But it's so inaccessible for so many people and we're slaves to it. Even though society tells us we're free, we are not truly free. But there is hope for us because on this day, Easter Sunday, we celebrate as a party church the fact that Jesus is risen. He is victorious over death. And what that means for us is that we can live in true freedom. And let me tell you what this freedom is like. If I can unlock my iPad, sorry. This freedom is the freedom described in Isaiah 61. So if you do have your Bibles on you, you can turn to that now if you want to. I'm just going to skim read through the kind of things, the kind of freedom that's promised in Isaiah 61. It says this, freedom for the captives, whether they know they are captive or not. Binding up the brokenhearted, releasing prisoners from darkness, living in the year of the Lord's favour, comfort for those who mourn, provision for those who grieve, crowning us in beauty instead of ashes, joy instead of mourning, praise instead of despair, the restoration of ruined places and cities and nations that have been long devastated for generations. Is that not what our nation needs and what our city of Newcastle needs? Loving justice. And instead of condemnation and shame and disgrace, we receive a double portion of inheritance and we rejoice in that inheritance. The inheritance I'm talking about is sharing in the inheritance of Jesus, God's own son. Through the death and resurrection of Jesus, we get to be clothed in his righteousness. We have done no wrong in the eyes of God and we get to live in eternity with Jesus and experience everlasting joy forever. This is the freedom that's given to us at Easter. And the angel says, come and see. Come and see. 
That's an invitation for all of us, whether we have never met Jesus before or whether we've been walking with Jesus for our whole life. It's an invitation for all of us to come and see because there is always more to discover about who Jesus is. And if you take anything away from today, take away this, the fact that when Mary and Mary come and see, Jesus meets them. And that is a promise for us today as well. As we look and we explore about the resurrection of Jesus, about the story of Jesus, about the person of Jesus, there is a promise. Seek first his kingdom and he will meet you. Seek first the king and he will meet you. And I truly believe that Jesus wants to meet with us today. So can I invite you to stand? We're just going to spend a little bit of time praying and then we'll see what the kids have been up to. So there's a couple of things that I want to pray for today around this theme of freedom. But it might be that already you feel like God is calling up something in your mind that you know you need to experience freedom from. And we're going to spend some time praying for Jesus to break off those chains. We know that in the presence of God, and his presence is already here, by the way, in the presence of God, there is freedom. So we're going to pray for that today. I'm going to pray a prayer and you can pray this along with me in your heart. And part of this prayer, there will also be an opportunity to accept Jesus for the first time. So if you are here and you didn't know before you walked into these doors who Jesus was, but you want to commit to following him and finding out more about him, then you absolutely have permission to pray this along with me in your heart. And I'm going to ask if you know that you would like prayer for freedom today. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. And the reason I'm doing that is not for any reason other than the fact that as a family here at St. Thomas's, we want to stand with you in prayer. So by raising your hand, it just means that people around you can pray with you as I'm praying and support you and stand with you and contend for you before Jesus Christ. So, if you know that you want to experience new freedom in Jesus today, or if you know that you want to make a commitment to follow Jesus today, can I ask you to raise your hand? Okay, I'm going to pray. Jesus, thank you that you went to the cross, knowing the pain and suffering that you would endure. Thank you that you bore our sin, our shame and our wrongdoing that had us enslaved and in debt. Thank you that you have paid our debts in full on the cross and that in rising to life again three days later, you have defeated death and you have victory over sin and the devil. 
Jesus, we accept you as our Lord, our King and our Saviour. We know that your name, Jesus Christ, has the power to break off chains and that in you there is freedom, Jesus. So we pray through your Holy Spirit that you would bring freedom to us now. And in particular, I want to pray for freedom from impulsive spending, consumerism and the need to buy the latest things. I pray for freedom from the need to make money and be a disciple to our career before we're a disciple to Jesus. I pray for freedom from the fear that silences us as Christians in a culture where living a biblical way of life is not only seen as irrelevant, but increasingly hostile. I pray for freedom from grief. And I pray for freedom from deep insecurity that shatters our identity. We declare that we are free to be fully known, fully loved and fully satisfied in you, Jesus. Amen. So take your seats. And Ben is going to come up and lead us through communion in a moment. But just before he does, I just want to see what our kids have been up to. They've been hopefully making some invitations, which are for their friends. But for us too, we are invited to come and see. So does anyone have any tombs or invitations they can show? Come on up. Well, look at this. Alice, what's this? It's a tomb. It's the empty tomb and it even has a tree on it. That's fantastic. Let's give Alice a round of applause. That's brilliant. Well done. Anyone else got anything to show? Just Alice. Anyone done any invitations? You've got a tomb as well. Come on then, Amara. risky business asking people to build with Duplo and then pick it up look oh there's even characters on Amara's team <laughs> it's like the curtain being torn in two isn't it when when Jesus dies who are your characters Amara so that's Jesus is that Bob the builder <laughs> that's fantastic and then these are the two Marys yeah these are the gods. Yeah. And then that's the stone with the angel on. Well, someone's been paying attention to the Bible story today. Well done, Amara. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for sharing, Amara and Alice. And I hope the rest of you had a great time building tombs and doing invitations as well. So I'll say it one more time. Let's remember that we are invited to come and see. And when we do that, Jesus will meet us.